can you handle this? Joel, can you handle this? I don't think Worldy handles this. We do. We handle everything. Why didn't you let me say your name? I don't know. I just That's how they do it. I've started doing a thing that, oh yeah, that would make more sense. You've got to be like, <laughs> Kyle, yes, Joel, can you handle this? Me, me. can, can I... I handle this? That makes sense. It's not inclusive. I don't, well, who wants to be inclusive? There's I do. two of us. <laughs> Welcome. We're back. It's the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. The podcast for people that need to know more about football but can't be asked to do any research. And also some people who really like football already and like the fact that we talk about it. It's for everyone. It's everybody. It's also just sometimes not even about football, is it, Kyle? It's funny you should say that because this week, well, let's just say in our last episode, it was it was very football knowledge heavy. It was football heavy. It was, fo- it was football centric, shall we say. This one, we're going to have a bit of a departure. We're going to make this one a film themed episode. Ooh, Kyle, I'm excited. But don't get too excited, listener. It's still a football themed film. Football film themed episode. <laughs> Which of the Lord of the Rings films is the best one? The one about football. The football Lord of the Rings one. The Two Towers, because it's about Wembley. Oh my god, I never knew. That was quick. That was very good. <laughs> For listeners who don't know, Wembley Stadium used to have two towers. They were knocked down in the late 90s when they also knocked down the whole of the rest of the stadium. And now it's called, of course, the Weird. Arch the weird stadium. arch the weird arch stadium well it, you might have seen listener if you live in london or wherever watched a, the fa cup final the wembley stadium has an arch over the top but when they built said stadium uh, there was a big furore about how much it cost and seemingly to cut costs they didn't bother lifting the arch into the full position upright in the center of the stadium across the top it's sort of on, on an, a slanted angle i like it apparently it was also because it was too heavy I like it. I think it's a. I think it's pretty. It's yeah. It's better to have not sim- complete symmetry. I think it's not as good as the towers. The towers were better. Why it, were the it, towers better? I don't know. I was, uh, when you'd walk up Wembley Way to Wembley, and the towers were there in the distance, it felt exciting, like you were going into something. Whereas the arch is a bit like, oh, there's an arch. And just like that, we steered right back into football. It just happens. We're sorry. <laughs> it's supposed to be about football films. Joel, what's your favourite football film? I don't know. I don't know if I have a favourite. I have a favourite football film bit. Yeah. Uh, which is, is it the Football Factory, the one with Elijah Wood? Oh, oh my God, that would have been a great segue. <laughs> Why? Because he's in the Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, that would have been. <laughs> yeah, mucked it up completely. Uh, also, do you spell the word segue? S-E-G-U-E-D? No. Well, like... S-E-G... In, in a U-E. sentence. If you segued into something, I think it's like... S-E-G-U-E-D. S- yeah. yeah. Crazy, I learned that this week. Great. Anyway... Football Factory, no. It's called Green Street. Green Street, yeah. That film is amazing for how bad it is. But specifically, I think the highlight of it for me is Elijah Wood's uh, Cockney accent as he joins the firm and becomes a hooligan. He actually, in real life, got a West Ham tattoo. He still has it. It's not fake. He got it to be like, I'm I'm leaving Frodo behind me, guys. I'm going to become a real immersive actor. Give me that tattoo for realsies. Didn't they get a tattoo at the end? Of, they all got a tattoo. In, does he just get a tattoo in every film he does? The tattoo they've got in, from Lord of the Rings is like a little star. Right. Uh, but he went whole hog for, the, uh, for Green Street. <laughs> Ironically, a, a far, far, far less seminal movie. Do you know how old he was when they did Lord of the Rings? 35. 19. What? Yep. He looked like... He looked, he's always had like a baby face, but you assume he's older. No, no, he was actually 19. That's mad, isn't it? Going back to 
Football Factory, which was your mistake answer. Yes. That's my actual answer. What is Football Factory? Is it it's different from Green Street? Danny Dyer in his absolute element. Oh, what a slag. There's, it's an awful, abhorrent... There's a, sorry, listeners, there's a cat limping across... My cat has three legs, and when he walks, it's quite a loud noise. Uh, and he's just walked into my studio uh, over here, uh, as Carl's spotted. Uh, well, and now he's eating. <laughs> Misha, shut up. Not even listening to me. How rude. That's really loud. I don't know if, the, if that's being picked up. I hope so. Maybe we'll cut this. <laughs> so we're talking about football films because this week we have a special guest, Oliver Kassman, producer of movies, Escape Plan Productions. That's his, that's his company. And got, he's got a film out right this... I mean, there's barely any cinemas open. The ones that are are playing this movie, St. Maud. I've heard only good things. Yet to see it? You've seen it? I saw it this week. And? I'll... Say what I think about it till we're actually speaking to Oliver so I can embarrass him slash offend him. Right, good, exciting. Uh, no, I've only got good things to say. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk to him. How many footballs out of f- five? <laughs> well, a lot. Is there any football in it? Not one moment where you, you're thinking <laughs> anything about football. But he is a football fan. Yes. He wants to, he's been desperate to talk to us about football. We've been desperate to talk to him about football films. And we're going to do that after this. Welcome back, listener, to the Absolute Worldy Film Podcast. <laughs> it is today. We have with us Oliver Kassman, the film producer runner of Escape Plan Productions, or, well, is that right, Ollie's nodding? He's nodding, thank God. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm uh, very excited to be on the podcast. You know me, I love football and I love film, and to talk about both, it's a privilege. <laughs> Glad. Glad. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Oliver. Uh, I gather you, you're a long-time listener. I am. I am. Big fan of the pod. Big fan. It makes a difference. Um, it makes a difference to us because quite often people come on and they've never listened to an episode. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And I like I like that it's a, a football uh, podcast for people who aren't really that into football, um, which is, uh, you know, I try to be into football, but um, I, you know, I sometimes forget that I'm into football. And so this is the kind of perfect podcast for that. When you say you, when you say you try to be into football, what does how does that manifest? Well, we'll get into it, I'm sure. But um, I did make a conscious decision about six years ago to start liking football, um, having never followed it at all in my entire life to any extent. You know, I'd occasionally watch an England match, um, but that was about it. And uh, I just decided that I was going to get into it and follow it and enjoy it and be able to talk about it, which I think in the UK is sort of the best reason to follow football because it does give you something to talk to strangers about uh, that's, that isn't quite as awkward as talking about the weather. Um, and uh, I just enjoyed the, I enjoyed, I, you know, I enjoy the narratives of it. It's soap opera, you know, so it's, uh, it's my EastEnders really. Yeah, as a filmmaker, you, you surely you can see the sort of inherent drama, the stakes. You know, there's there's tension. There's huge tension. I mean, it's you know, it doesn't have the sort of panoramic, omni-narrative, supreme brilliance of cricket, but 
you know. <laughs> that was unexpected. I oh, I you... see. So you you came to football through cricket. You you were a sports fan, so you know what it's like to sort of mindlessly fixate on something that has real no real significance in the real world. Uh, but you, well, but it, it wasn't the the sport that is the most popular. So you wanted to branch out. Is that right? Uh, I guess that's right. When I was a teenager, I used to watch a lot of cricket and play a lot of cricket. And then it went on to Sky. So I never was able to watch it. And you can't really go to many pubs, certainly in London, to watch the cricket. So um, I, I just wasn't really following any sports for for, for about 10 years. And then, um, but now cricket's back on the on uh, BBC. Um, it's getting a bit democratised again. Um, and, you know, the England team's amazing. So it's it's quite an exciting time in English cricket. But yeah, we're football... not here to talk about cricket, mate. We don't. Well, I know, I know, but you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all balls, and you I know, mean, we're barely here to talk about football. To be fair, I so. don't even yeah. know. I honestly don't understand, even at the age of thirty-four, fully how cricket works. What? It's so good. Whatever. Let's move on. I uh, know. I just think you want to say. You said there's no pubs that you can go to. I. It doesn't exist anymore. It's shut down for reasons that will become clear. But me and my dad used to go to an Indian restaurant near me that was entirely cricket themed and always had the cricket on the telly. Amazing. It was like, I can't remember the name of it. The, cr the Cricketer's Arms. Sounds like an Indian restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Oliver, you made this conscious decision, as you said, about six years ago. Um, and and what, what team or what sort of area of the game did you gravitate to the lower leagues like a local team or do you go big guns oh, no 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 I, I i don't i don't i don't have the the sort of the the depth of knowledge to be able to engage with anything other than the most corporatized most kind of easily available big league stuff um so we'll get into it but 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 i grew up i grew up in stoke newington so and and you could hear uh you know the Highbury Library from from my doorstep. So you know, given that given how quiet Arsenal fans are renowned to be, I was pretty close. Um, so when I decided to get into football, I started following the mighty Arsenal, and uh, of course, it's been a, a consistent downhill trajectory ever since. Um, and uh, so I feel like I'm earning my stripes a little bit because I'm you know supporting my local team, who happened to be a major team as they go down in the rankings. Uh, and uh, I'm now deeply passionate about Arsenal, though I still know very little about them, uh, really. I so, couldn't name you the whole team. I, 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 you know, I could name you maybe half a dozen people. That'll you know. do. Don't do it now though, because- No, 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 no. Six, six, seven, no, no, no. I'm very keen on Inketia. I've got high hopes for Inketia. Nice, you know, he's very Inketia. Okay, that's about as yeah. neat as we get on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to know, since you admit you have very little knowledge about Arsenal, uh, apart from locality, what is it about the club that attracted you? Nothing. <laughs> they're local. <laughs> they're in the Premier League. They were. I mean, that's what. What better sort of? Well, that's what it's meant to be. That's tribalism in its absolute like. Uh, yeah. Like, most natural, right? It's round the corner. I want to talk about it with strangers. I don't want to talk about the fact that it hasn't, you know, been sunny in months. I'd rather talk about, oh, they're literally a stone's throw away. Bang, done. So you did the sort of, by football fan, you know, the football fans union, Oliver, you did the right thing to support a team I hope like so. Liverpool or Newcastle would make you detestable in the eyes of an average football fan. You support your local team if they're big 
and you never you never change and you certainly never support more than one team like I do. I get in big but I now I that. now do live I do, I do live literally now I live 200 yards from the stadium. I live in Highbury Barn. So it's like you know I can hear now I can hear the tannoy from my from my back garden. I can hear the announcements. Like I know who scored a goal just by doing the garden on a Saturday. I can hear <laughs> who, who needs to be in the stadium when you've got that. Yeah. yeah that's perfect. <laughs> Don't even need to care, really. Just Eddie and Ketia, 68 minutes, done. I, I, I like, what's that What's that thing on Five Live on a, is it on a Sunday afternoon with Robbie Savage and... Oh, the 606 um, call-in. The 606 call-in, that is gold. I love that. I love it. So the, the six, for those of you who don't know, listener, if you don't know the 606 call-in, it is the BBC Five Radio Five Live. As a listener, they want you to. They want to hear your voice, and they have a couple of ex-players like Robbie Savage, who we spoke about last week, and they're they're basically there to bait people into saying yes. you're getting increasingly passionate. It's sort of like the radio version of Jerry Springer or Jer- no Jeremy Kyle. It's basically the football yeah. fans Jeremy Kyle, um, and yeah, it's quite intoxicating. Have you ever? Called Why is it called Six Oh Six? I think that used to be the number in the olden days that you called. It used to be the time it was on. Six o'clock with six six minutes past six. Yeah. Ah. Because Joel knows that because it sounds like he's phoned in. No, I've never phoned in, but it's because uh, when I used to go football with my dad when I was a kid, uh, uh, you'd you'd rush back to the car at the on, on three Ooh. o'clock on a Saturday, of course. You'd rush back to the car uh, in time for sports report. Remember sports report? Copyright. Um, no idea. No idea. <laughs> so you'd rush back for that. And then after that would be the news. Uh, and the news would last six minutes ah, from six o'clock. And then after, after the news, you'd have uh, the phone in. Listener, we're all learning together. Back. It sounds like an internet, internet error page to me. You know, when you put in the wrong thing and then it goes 606, like, no, it's like... <laughs> 606, no rational minds found. I like it. Could yes. you see yourself ever calling into the 606, Oliver? I would love to call into the 606. I think, I think, I think, it, you know, but being as ignorant as I am and uh, having the sort of uh, accent that I do, I'm not sure that my, my contributions would be particularly welcomed. You know, I'm I'm both ignorant and sort of sound like little Lord Fauntleroy, right. and, and I don't know. We've got Oliver here from uh, Highgate. Nah, just, <laughs> eh. nah, we don't want him. I've never lived in Highgate, have they? I'm sorry, Highbury. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, my mistake. Highbury. Um, now, okay. Obviously, lovely to plug a BBC uh, radio show that yeah. has millions of listeners. But uh, how? Who would you? How would you rate the two? Would you say BBC Five Live Six Oh Six over the Worldie podcast? Or oh no 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 Worldie every time Worldie oh. every time. And because... what are you getting out of us? That you're not getting out of them. Just just to knock that on the <laughs> That's head. That's cruel. <laughs> no, just in case Robbie Savage is listening, what do you because... get from our show that you don't get from his? Okay, well, uh, first of all, you don't get the like multi-millionaire guest host being rude to the man in the street who rings up with a opinion uh, <laughs> which is sometimes funny when they have a fight but uh, you do think <laughs> the Robbie Savage should maybe just chill out a little bit and like you know but um uh I also also you know I think I think the thing that I really love about Worldy is 
like I say, it is it's a football podcast for people who aren't that that into football, but kind of want to be a part of that culture because it is such a significant culture within the UK, especially and worldwide. Um, and uh, you know, if you travel, people people around the world love the Premier League, for example. You know, so it it, it does give you something in your social toolkit um, that's 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 very very valid. You know. And, oh, thank uh, you. It's almost like we've brought him on just to blow smoke up our ass. No, 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 no. We'll take the piss out of him a bit as well. <laughs> Kickball with football, yeah. Now I'm really excited to talk about your film. Uh, you know, it's obviously it's a torrid time for the UK's cinema sort of industry at the moment, as you're well aware. Um, most of the multiplexes are closing. Some are still open, but it's a big, you know, vast percentage of the of the screens are shut. Your film was released two weeks ago. I've been following uh, an industry website called Screen Daily to check how your sales are doing. I'm your biggest fan. Uh, I saw the film last week in uh, a sort of socially distanced uh, independent cinema and it was incredible. So well done. What's it called, Carl? Say more. We, <laughs> don't worry, Oliver. We said that in, in the intro. We said it a lot in the intro. St. Maud, St. Maud by Rose Glass. Great film. Uh, and I just want to say that yeah, I was super impressed, really enjoyed it, really affected the, me and the, my friends that I saw it with. And you know a film is good and it's had a good effect when you talk about it on the way home afterwards. I mean, first things first, you know, we tried to make a film that was entertaining, you know, that was uh, something for audiences um, that they would enjoy and that would transport them a little bit and take them out of themselves. And I think to a certain extent, you know, film and television has shown some of its social function to the max and in in this um pandemic because you know what have we all done we've all sat and watched old films and tv shows and you know and things like that and it's helped kind of get us through and it's provided cultural talking points that you know in, in while others are um others aren't available um it is tough you know the cinemas are socially distanced you can only sell about a third or half the tickets per screen so that there's distancing but you know in a way there's never been a better time to be at the cinema you are guaranteed not to have someone tall in front of you it's ruthlessly cleaned in between every screening um it's uh, better ventilated um you know and there aren't that many people there i mean i think it's a great time to go to the cinema if you feel you know that you can obviously we don't want people taking risks that they, they don't feel comfortable with. But I think that it's, I think that it's actually a very, very small risk. I think, you know, at the moment, because the procedures they put in place are so, so incredibly detailed and, and I stringent. I do have a confession to make um, to you. I, feel like, I don't know why I feel like I, I'm, you're responsible for this and I should apologize, but I did smuggle in some uh, pre-bought popcorn. Um, oh, that's fine. No, they, they, they saw it inside my jacket pocket uh, and they went, you have to leave that at the door, mate. And I said, and like, obviously I'm a full grown man. And I said, oh, please. And they said, this is an independent cinema. Don't, and in the current climate, don't you think you'd rather buy our popcorn? And I still, in my head was thinking, no, <laughs> because I hated the fact that she was telling me off. I did buy some popcorn and I felt a bit better. So I've got a couple of a uh, couple of questions about it. Uh, well, points really. First one in one of your many, 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 many five star reviews uh, that our listener can uh, have a little Google of. Um, uh, uh, I know that it's like horror and uh, scary. 
how scary are we talking? Because I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I can't go to the cinema and see scary films. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm sympathetic to that. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I, much like my uh, decision to get into football, I decided to get into horror movies about uh, seven, eight years ago because I was working in the film industry and I, I'm just so terrified in horror movies and I still am. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm hiding behind the sofa, cringing, I jump at every jump scare. Like, I really struggle with it. Um, so I hadn't really seen any. Um, you know, I'd seen a few of the really big ones, The Shining, things like that, but I hadn't really got to grips with it as a genre. And so I started at the beginning, went back to kind of, you know, the Murnau, Silent Era, Nosferatu and things like that and worked my way through the decades. And um, I still find it terrifying, but, um, uh, you know, I came to admire it so much as a genre because it's the ultimate, in a way, it's the ultimate filmmaking genre because it's all about what you see and don't see, hear and don't hear. And you can control that in a cinema better than almost any other platform uh, for telling a story. So I am... Um, but I think this this film it does it does go to quite a horror place, but it, it's a kind of it ramps into it quite slowly at first. It's a kind of exponential curve as a as a narrative. Um, so it's not a kind of out now, you know, technical horror movie like a James Wan movie, you know, which are incredible and I admire very much, but are entirely about kind of creating as scary an environment as possible. Um, you know, it's a drama that evolves into something, you know, very unnerving. And there are a couple of frights in it, but it's much more, it's more a chiller. Yeah, um, I'd agree. I mean, I, I, being in the audience, there were, you didn't have that sense of like people getting that, that nervous giggle that you get in a horror film when they know they're being set up for a jump. There were, there were, don't get me wrong, there were, I don't want to spoil it, but there were a couple of jumps for sure. But it's more like a, the build of it is almost a bit like I would. It reminded me a bit of Rosemary's Baby, a sort of slow atmospheric build. Uh, it's a great. There's a great moody atmospheric tone in this in this film. I mean, I, I should say briefly what it's about. I mean, it's it's you know it's basically the story of a living carer who, um, young woman who's very kind of pious and 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 quite odd who goes to care for this uh, new patient who's a very glamorous kind of. Uh, ex-dancer um, who's sort of bizarrely ensconced herself in this sort of middle of nowhere seaside town in this grand house and uh, you get there and you think oh this nurse is sort of being it's a sort of sheep in the lion's den kind of thing you know it's uh, but actually um, it's the it's the nurse you want to worry about and uh, things go very badly for everyone involved. Just, just briefly, just to yeah. blow, blow our trumpet as well, is there is a Six Degrees link between St Maud and the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. Is there? Yeah, there is. Tell me, I don't even know. Well, if you... Uh, if you... Oh, I remember! <laughs> Listener, do you like our theme music? Do you like our theme song? Listener, do you like our, uh, the music we play underneath a lot of our stings? Do you remember Adam Janota Bazalski? Joel? Sorry, I was weird. I was waiting for the <laughs> listener to respond. Uh, well, listener, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, uh, Oliver, but uh, I believe Adam was responsible for the music and soundtrack of St. Maud. He is. He's a composer on, and, a, and a wonderful, wonderful job he did too. What a privilege to work with someone so talented and so lovely. Um, soundtrack's available on Spotify. Um, it's coming out on vinyl soon as well, I think. So 
I think it might. I, it is definitely a departure from the Absolute Worldy theme tune, but it is probably, I'd say, a better piece of work. I mean, possibly. I mean, kickball. I don't know. Kickball with get, football. Kickball yeah. with the football. Yeah, or whatever the the, the lyric is. Um, I think that's a good place to bring us on to. I love it. Uh, our uh, our fun part of the episode, Oliver. We think you're really going to enjoy this. We've lined up some football so themed films trailers. You know trailers. You must have had to have a hand in putting the trailer together for St. Maud. We want to have your professional view on these football themed trailers after this. We are a team, a team of men. We play football and we're gonna win the cup that everybody covered. So it's big, shiny and it's made of Welcome back, listener. Um, so I will uh, we'll stick a link to the trailer for St. Maud uh, in the description of this podcast so you can uh, check that trailer out. And we'll also stick a link to what we're all about to enjoy over here. Kyle, do you want to talk, talk Oliver through just what we've got lined up for him and what we need from him today? Sure. Oliver, you are a successful film producer. That is... I'll steady on. Steady I mean, on. you don't get five one stars f- for no reason. Now, these films one that we're film going to be does watching, not producer make. <laughs> hey, well, just take it, Oliver. Just take it. <laughs> five star. <laughs> You're a five star producer. Some of these films we're going to be watching might not be five star movies, but that doesn't matter. We're going to crack on with the first trailer. It's a film called A Shot at Glory. Kickball with football, yeah. This is our shot at glory, lads. All right, all right. A shot at glory. It's a good thing, there's invention there. <laughs> and as those Highland tunes fade away, uh, over to you, film producer Oliver Kassman. A shot at glory there. A, a fantastic looking film, I think. Uh, what your thoughts? I mean, it, j- it just looks like a fan trailer that someone's put together because that's a film they wished had been made. And... I can't believe that's a real movie. It's not real, is it? It's I mean, not real. It is real. Of course it's real. Um, first first question, does that make you want to see A Shot at Glory? Uh, yes, that is 100% want to see. But on the scale, I think it's uh, it's uh, wait for it to come out on DVD. <laughs> what? If you had to do a sort of like a log line for what that, a, a quick sum up of what that movie might be about based on what you saw in the trailer, how would you describe that movie? Uh, I would say that that is a, a sort of facsimile of a facsimile of local hero uh, where they somehow managed to persuade Robert Duvall and Michael Keaton to uh, put on Scottish accents uh, and run around in the grey north of England or Scotland. Is it filmed in Scotland? I don't know. Uh, the fact that it's got Ali McCoist in it is, uh, is, is very entertaining. And uh, it just hit all those kind of generic drama beats, didn't it? The, here's a team, it's not very good. Uh, I'm gonna make it better. Uh, but why do we care about him? Well, he has presumably an ex-wife and a son. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, obviously by uh, getting the team to win, he will uh, win back his queen, uh, his wife, in a very sort of uh, misogynistic kind of conceit. uh, Because if there's one thing that's going to patch up your marriage, it's spending more time at your local football club. 
That's a fantastically yeah. professional deconstruction of the movie, A Shot at Glory. Now, yeah, the characters you're describing there, the actors, sorry, Robert Duval, fam- Oscar winning, that's what it said in the trailer, hard to believe on that performance, um, <laughs> playing a Scottish football manager. Gordon, sort Ma- of Gordon McLeod. Based on the sort of mixture of all imagined Scottish managers of all time, especially Ferguson. Um, and his accent is absolutely atrocious. You mentioned Michael Keaton. I think he was actually playing an American financier of the club there. Wanted, right. you know, come, I mean, that is very fa- ahead of its time now. What I like about Michael Keaton is that he's looked exactly the same for 30 years, just with oh, less hair. I, and I don't think he's had any surgery or anything. I think he's just, you know, he's a kind of, he's, he's a kind of singularity in the cosmos. Listener, if you do get a chance to watch these trailers, we strongly, pretty much just for Robert Duvall's accent, I think. Uh, how would you rate the realism of, of Robert Duvall's accent there, Oliver? I don't think I'm, I'm the best person to judge. Did uh, he sound remotely Scottish? He sounded remotely Scottish. What about- Depends the... on your definition of remote. <laughs> Good point. I think we should sort of just clarify Ali McCoyce. Now you, you did mention him. Listener, you might not be aware, he is actually a professional footballer. At the time the film was released, 2000, he was at the end of his career. So it was sort of like life imitating art. He's definitely not an actor. He's done no other acting work. Just the trailer saying introducing was quite intriguing. Was he, I want to know whether he thought he was embarking on a career here. Well, I hope we're going to, I hope we're going to talk about Vinnie Jones at some point because... Spoiler alert, Oliver. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Okay, okay. Well, I'll leave it. But I think maybe he was thinking that he was going to go down that route because Vinnie Jones had had sort of started a bit of a trend, hadn't he? Oh, he has. I think that's the perfect time to... I cannot believe... We, that, listen, funnily enough, and fortuitously enough for us, here is our second trailer for the film. The Mean Machine. Kickball with football, yeah. Unbelievable. Still nil-nil, but if this was boxing, the Mean Machine would be head on points. So you get out there and hurt some people. Oh, I am fired up after that, lads. Oh, God, that's an exciting trailer. I do not, can't even begin to say how much I wish I was a prisoner playing uh, a long-awaited football match with Vinnie Jones against the prison guards. Oliver, Mean Machine, thoughts? I mean, you know what? This is a movie that I've always wanted to watch and never have. Like, and, uh, and so, you know, watchability, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm ordering the DVD right now. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing it. I just, what I particularly like about it is that it is, it is a Vinnie Jones ex-footballer kind of star turn vehicle movie but as it says from the producers of Lockstock so Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels so what they've done is just take all the cast from Lockstock <laughs> and put it put him in a football prison movie um, and brought in Danny the dealer from Withnail and I and uh, who's the who's the posh old boy in that he's um, the, the one who looks like an owl but David like, Hemmings David Hemmings yeah Amazing. Like an owl. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, so just to uh, sort of give, a more, uh, in case our listener doesn't watch the trailer, um, uh, what's the sort of... No, 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 listener, listener, go and watch the fucking trailer, <laughs> all right? Give me three words to describe that trailer, Oliver. Uh, mean 
machine avit. I'm calling that one word. I mean, there's some extraordinary appearances in that. There's early work from Danny Dyer and Jason Statham, uh, both yeah. showing basically exactly where their careers would go from that point onwards. I mean, to be fair, like it is amazing to think where both those men have gone. Jason Statham is somehow, somehow an, a huge action star. How did he get there based on this movie? Danny Dyer <laughs> is a nation's favourite in the UK. He's got his own game show. In he this, just, in this, he plays a what a game show. Can I just say, <laughs> what a game show. The wall. The wall. My, uh, my partner is uh, Mexican-American and uh, I was trying to explain Danny Dyer to her. <laughs> and and, and, and um, then we started watching it and she just loves it because he's so kind of, he, he gives it so much nonsense with this sort of brand that he's built of you know cockney geezer you know doing all his you know you know you know you know because he is a proper cockney but you know they're they're bullshitting when they they do the full cockney rhyming slang rather than just the you know the the root you know the first word so he'll always go the apples and pears for stairs rather than just say the apples you know <laughs> it's like just so people can follow it it's a dying language <laughs> he's got to make it clear you know i love it but he's like whoa you take liberties wall <laughs> bad enough of it i can't even and to think this is this is in from 2002 this was what he was doing back then playing a character called billy the limpet We've done yeah, a lot of BBC uh, plugging in, today, in, Oliver. In are you, are you, do you, have you, is your next movie being pr um, produced by the BBC? Five <laughs> Live, 606, The Wall. Do you like Strictly? <laughs> I'm not a big Strictly fan, actually, I have to say. Thank God. The, they have export callers on. Link. So Vinnie Jones, uh, treading a path that Ali McCoist, as you point out, was clearly trying to follow. Vinnie Jones, uh, listener, was a, a world-renowned hard man footballer, mostly famous for being uh, a tough tackling, rugged centre midfielder in a, in, a, in a Wimbledon team that were famous for uh, being called the Crazy Gang. So uh, uh, at some point, I'm trying to think when, it was Lockstock, wasn't it? It was the Guy Ritchie film when he first appeared mm -hmm. as an actor. Um, yeah, and, and he, you know what? He's actually, he's fabulous in it. And um, I remember seeing a behind the scenes thing, I think on a DVD or something of, of Vinnie Jones on the set of Lockstock. And he's very, very humble about the whole thing. And I think that's possibly why he managed to carve out an, a genuine career because he was saying, you know, look, I'm new to this. I don't know anything about it. I just really want to learn. You know, I'm really excited to be here with all these, you know, uh, you know, more experienced actors. You know, I'm just doing my best, you know, blah, blah. And he's, he's absolutely brilliant in, the, in Lockstock and in Snatch. And, and he, he's now, you know, he continues to make a lot of films as an actor and producer. You know, I've got quite a lot of respect for him, you know, for that. Oliver Caswin there with a come and get me plea to Vinnie Jones for <laughs> to be the producer on his next vehicle movie, perhaps. <laughs> productions yeah. and Vinnie Jones. I would, um, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would cut off my right arm to work with Vinnie Jones. Come on. On that bombshell, you'd heard of Mean Machine, have you? Have you heard that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah, never heard yeah, of A Shot of Glory. Uh, we no, definitely no. don't think you've heard of the last one we're going to show you. Coming up right now is our final trailer, Final Score. Kickball with foot, football, yeah. <laughs> 
you have more bullets than you. Watch this. Action films from the 1980s. What do you need? You need a big setting. You need a hard man. You need bad guys from the Soviet bloc. How do you update that to the modern day? Set the whole thing in a football stadium and call it final score. (laughs) Oliver, there's an emergency at West Ham Stadium. Your thoughts? I want to know what the fuck you two want from a movie that that doesn't provide you with. I mean, that that looks great. (laughs) Just explain to the listener. I'm very excited to watch this movie. You've got, okay, let me let me let me let me explain why. Um, and I am a little bit biased because I know I'm. I, this has been a bit of a surprise, but I do know some of the people who uh, were involved in that. And what I will say is that what they managed to pull off on the budget that they had is just a magnificent piece of work, unbelievably ambitious and difficult. Um, you've, okay, number one, you've got Dave Bautista, who a bit like Vinnie Jones you know, isn't from an acting background, became an actor, is hilarious. Um, in Guardians of the Galaxy, he's brilliant. He's in this movie called Warrior's Gate, uh, which was a Chinese movie, which was absolute, he's absolutely hilarious in that. Um, I find him very compelling. I like him a lot. You've got old Pierce Brosnan uh, with a beard uh, pretending to be Russian. Perfect. You don't um, have a, they have more bullets than you. <laughs> oh, you know, die hard at the West Ham Stadium. Um, and they filmed it at the actual West Ham Stadium just before it was demolished. And, uh, you know, in fact, I think part of the deal was that they were able to actually blow up bits of the stadium for the film because that was what was going to happen in real life anyway. Um, wow. And, uh, and I went and I, I actually went down to the set once uh, to meet someone who was working there. And uh, they took me on the roof of the stadium, uh, which was uh, very exciting. People are just going to think that we've absolutely set all these things up for this episode. Another time that it's just worked out perfectly for us, Joel. I, I can't believe you have insider knowledge about Final Score, a film I'd never heard of until Carl uh, researched this episode. I, you're absolutely right. There is, there, there's nothing, I mean, there's something, I think there's something intrinsically pleasing about uh, predictability of genre of film, right? And there's, uh, there's something even more exciting when you add a level of unpredictability. So predictability, every single note of that action film, American Hollywood superstar versus the Eastern Bloc, uh, uh, way it's made, the trailer hits every of those points. And then you add football on top of it, where clearly the 90 minutes of the game is the parameters of the film. And that I got from the trailer and I lost my mind. Why has no one done that before? I think the final score is probably going to be carnage. Um, I think we've both of you have missed an extra sort of uh, trend. We've, they are taking the 80s, 90s action movie, but they're adding the noughties slash tens action trope of the daughter being in peril. Stick that yeah, in. I would, I, the one thing I would say is that I would quite, I'm not sure this film is going to pass the Bechdel test. And, uh, and it would be quite good if the one woman in the trailer said a single word. But, uh, you know. There were two women, actually, Oliver. There were two. There was the, 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 the white 
quote unquote Eastern European, not my words, the words of the movie, um, with uh, with sort of like cane rows, and then there's also the uh, the daughter. Neither of oh, them lines. And I there think I think we can reliably predict for when the three of us clearly go and watch this film at some point uh, that the 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 female baddie is in it so that the daughter can at some point hit her with a heavy object. Girl on girl fight because you can't have uh, Dave Bautista fighting a woman because that is, goes against the whole premise of an American action. Um, I, I just want to say, listener, you heard it here first. When West Ham were demolishing their old ground before they moved into the Olympic Stadium, they filmed a movie there and told them they could knock down the walls. You will not have heard that on any other football podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Oliver, uh, it's the moment of truth. Um, you've got three films in front of three DVDs are in front of you. You know, uh, oh crap, I forgot the name. Oh, uh, a shot at glory. Shot at glory. Mean machine. Right, yeah, yeah, and, and, and final score. Right. Oliver, you've got three DVDs in front of you. You've got yeah. to watch one. They are yeah. a shot at glory starring newcomer Ali McCoist and Academy Award winner Robert Duval. Mean machine with the entire cast of Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels or final score starring Upton Park just before it gets demolished. Which are you popping in and why? Well, it depends on the context, you know. Am I watching it with friends? Am I watching it on my own? Um, I think, I think, I think it's safe to say that I wouldn't be watching a shot of glory unless I'd been drinking heavily uh, <laughs> and was with some friends. Um, but uh, I'm going to say final score. I'm going to say final score because you know it's basically Die Hard meets Taken in West Ham Stadium with motorbikes jumping across the stands with football going on in the background. And um, it's, uh, you know, I know it's cheesy, but I do like those kind of Roncil movies. You know, they just do what they say on the tin. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an action movie with Dave Bautista in the West Ham Stadium, there's a football match going on. I don't think it takes itself too seriously. You know, it doesn't think it's gonna, you know, win an Academy Award but it's there to entertain people. And I respect that. So uh, I, I think that's a fantastic answer. Kyle, your choice of the three? Uh, I would definitely choose a shot of glory, but I am biased. I am, you know, percentage Scottish. Right. Uh, and I'm also with final score. So I think that gives final score the absolute win over me machine and shot of glory. Uh, thank you so much for doing that, Oliver. That was, uh, I, I th frankly, thoroughly entertaining for me and Kyle who uh, I could see just pissing himself laughing at every single one of those trailers. <laughs> so that was good. Okay, football is good. Football is fun. Football is there for everyone. I can't really be bothered to follow it properly, but I'll tell you one thing, I prefer it to broccoli. Kickball with football, yeah. Oliver, thank you so much for being with us this week. <laughs> I didn't really talk about the Arsenal... I feel bad. I feel like I should have spoken more about the Arsenal and 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 being a crap football fan. But there you go. I think that pretty much sums that up though, doesn't it? I also <laughs> thought you definitely got that across. <laughs> <laughs> um again. All I, say, all I would say, all I would say is that, you know, for for the for the for the kids, for all those kids who listen to this podcast. You know, when I was when I was a kid growing up in, in Stoke Newington in earshot of the Arsenal Stadium and every single member of uh, of my uh, school supported Arsenal, I decided that 
the red and white kit and the uh, cannon were not as cool as the black and red kit and devil of Manchester United. So for some God known reason, even though I never watched football, decided that I would tell everyone that I supported Manchester United uh, for most of my life, even though I never ever watched them play and had no interest. Um, and then uh, eventually I saw the light and uh, supported my local team. It's the return of the Absolute Worldly Football Bulletin. What you need to know this week to fill those football-shaped holes in your repertoire. We spoke about Operation Big Picture last episode, seen as a power grab by many, but also a rescue package for the lower leagues. And to give you an update, it's been scrapped. Stay tuned though for the next proposal from England's biggest clubs to save the game, whilst also consolidating their position at the top. October has had not one, but two transfer deadline days. One international, one domestic. All you really need to know is Arsenal sacked their long-serving mascot Gunnosaurus and lots of clubs jokingly tried to sign him. Arsenal's highest-earning player, Meza Ozil, also offered to pay his wage, but ended up not being registered to play for them this season himself either. Coincidence? Perhaps not. Ozil himself has said he believes his stance on the Chinese government's treatment of the Uyghur community has led to his expulsion. Speaking of dramatic player registrations, Petr Cech is back in the Chelsea squad, despite being retired, despite also now being an ice hockey player in Guildford. The 38-year-old, who also works as a sporting director at Chelsea, has been drafted in as a backup for the club's other two backup goalkeepers due to the uncertainty around the sport due to corona. Will he play? Surely not. The Premier League has been nuts this season. Champions Liverpool lost 7-2 to Aston Villa. Man United lost 6-1 at home to Spurs. We've had three threes aplenty. We've had four threes. What's this down to? The lack of fans in the stadium, perhaps? The fixture pile-up? We hope this craziness continues well after Christmas. And finally, the madness that is the quality of worldy podcast favourite Vivian Miedemar. The Arsenal woman's striker has now scored 52 goals in 50 games, helping her team to the top of the Women's Super League table. With Chelsea, Spurs, City and United all strengthening, Arsenal and Oliver Kasman will be hoping that they can stay there. And that was the Absolute Worldly Football Bulletin. What you need to know this week to fill those football-shaped holes in your reptile. What an episode. I loved that. I really enjoyed myself. I we- thought, uh, I think Oliver was sad we didn't talk about football quite enough, which is classic uh, us, really. I mean, we talked about football-themed movies a lot. Yeah, those three films. Oof, I want to see all of them. We should do a watch-along. Oh, <gasps> if we do that, should we invite Rob Thompson? What, famous actor Rob Thompson? If he's free. I know his calendar's quite full. All right, I'll ask him. Cool. Uh, yeah, no, uh, what an episode. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, uh, Oliver Kasman, what a guest. Thanks so much to Oliver for coming on. Uh, listener, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, don't forget to go and see St. Maud at the cinema while it it's still out. It is out now. Why not for Halloween? Perfect Halloween movie, social distanced. Do it now. Let us know what you think of it. Let us know what you think of our podcast. As ever, you can tweet us at Worldy Podcast. You can email us absoluteworldypodcast at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram absoluteworldyfootballpodcast 
We will link to all the film trailers that we watched today, as well as the trailer to St Maud, in the description of this podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe. We will see you next time, you beautiful, beautiful human being, wherever you, wherever you are in the world. Bye. Bye. That was the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast by Carl Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janosz-Bazowski and Amachada Patel. Absolute Worldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeker. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, follow us at Worldy Podcast on Twitter, Absolute Worldy Football Podcast on Instagram, and drop us a line anytime at AbsoluteWorldyPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and goodbye. I just think, I just think for the kids, you know, the kids who don't like football. We don't have any kids my, listening. <laughs> my advice would just be, you know what, be a sheep, go with the crowd. Don't. don't <laughs> just... On that bombshell. Kick ball with the